I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Uncover Your Magic. Today's episode is with a woman. Her name is Wendy Kennedy. I was scrolling through Instagram like I have been lately. I don't spend much time on Instagram rather than posting and maybe a few minutes in the morning, but it's just so fascinating who's been coming to me. And this is how I describe how Wendy came to me. I just watched one of her live videos and I thought she's got to be on this show because she is someone that I want to share with you and I think is extremely fascinating. And you know, the last few episodes, people have been reaching out saying, oh my gosh, Elizabeth April or Ginny Jablonski, Julie Jancis last week. And, you know, now it's Wendy Kennedy. And I know you're going to be thinking the same thing. Like, how did you find her? <laughs> and I, I just don't question things anymore. I know people are put in my path for reasons and I need to be connected to her. And all the people that I've had on this podcast have all led up to now. So thank you all for connecting with me and always sending me messages and telling me you love certain things about certain episodes or what it did to impact your life. It all makes me even more passionate about this podcast. And I just love this, sharing these people with you and seeing what what you get from them. But Wendy Kennedy, I'll tell you a little bit about her. Before I bring her on, if she is an intuitive empath and channel, for more than two decades, she has used her gifts and abilities to work with beings in other realms and dimensions, assisting others in recognizing and releasing old patterns and helping them to live more whole and integrated lives. The clear and compassionate wisdom shared through Wendy facilitates a shift in perspective from that of separation and limitation to connection and multidimensional existence. In 1995, Wendy began channeling, working first with her own angelic guides before becoming reacquainted with the Ninth Dimensional Palladian Collective, whom she primarily channels at her public events and in private sessions. In addition to the Palladians, she works with beings from Sirius, Lyra, and Arcturus, as well as other higher dimensional celestial beings. When I am talking about that now, I know that ones that you all who have all listened lately will be like, oh, okay, (laughs) I know what Ashley's talking about. I know who, what Wendy channels and Palladians and all these, you know, multidimensional beings, because it's been coming up a lot lately. And when you are going to be in awe of the people that I'm interviewing now that I'm putting in, I always put in the queue just to have backup when I go on vacation or whatever. But when you 
see what's coming in November and December and January. (laughs) It's all just amazing who's come to me. It's just, I just know I'm in that high vibration and attracting these people because it is so cool. But, you know, I, I get my downloads once a month and, you know, it's just growing. This podcast is growing so much and it makes me even more excited because I know when I bring on people like Wendy and the people that you have all been raving about, it shifts the downloads to this huge, <laughs> shocking amount. So I just want to thank you and for all everyone that shares the podcast with their friends too. It's so fun to even have them reach out and find out where they heard of it. But um, I just love it when you subscribe and rate this podcast. It helps me find all these amazing people to share with you. And I have the my YouTube channel. It's always fun to look at my YouTube. It's always all the, everything is under Ashley Goner, but you can look at the video instead of just listening and seeing, you know, it's kind of fun to see the person's face sometimes. So if you ever want to check out my YouTube and listen to the podcast that way, they're all in there. And my wait list for Raising Confidence and The Magic Path are up. So all that is in the show notes and Wendy's, her website and all the links to find Wendy will be in the show notes as well. But let me bring Wendy in and let you see what I'm talking about. Please welcome Wendy Kennedy to the show. Welcome, Wendy. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Oh, it is my, during my podcast journey, I look back at the beginning episodes and it's like the evolution. <laughs> it's like almost like a book, you know, like, okay, this is where Ashley was and now she's here and she, oh, she's now learning this. And now I, for some reason, I was on Instagram and I see you and I just right away go, oh, I want to ask her. And I sometimes do that and I don't remember where I was doing it and why I did it and what was so amazing about you that drew me to you. But it was one of those moments that I was like, I really want to have show. I want to share you basically. And so you say, yes, we plan our day. And then I get to start doing my Wendy Kennedy Alice in Wonderland, you know, like rabbit hole. But gosh, now it's like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. That's kind of what I'm getting. But why do you think in all your knowledge, like when people connect or when there's something that resonates, is it that? Is it like, I'm ready for this or what? How do you see that? I always see that there's a piece of information that you either are sharing or receiving and, and usually it's both. And then there is a divine timing to all of that. So most certainly, yeah. Yeah. And then it's been since 1994 when you discovered your gift and it's now 2022. And I'm like, geez, it's amazing to think your journey. And I want to kind of go there, but there's so much more I want to talk about. But explain to people where you've come from and when you discovered your gift and the desire to really pursue that. Yeah, you know, if you'd asked me 35 years ago, if I'd be doing this full time, I would, wouldn't even have entered my mind. But back in the early mid nineties, I started having some visions and I didn't really know what they were. I thought maybe they were associated with the building that I was living in at that time. I was living in Chicago. It was an older building. And so I started researching some of that ghosts and past lives and things like that. And I'd already 
I'd already kind of been into metaphysics at that point. And somewhere along the way, as I was doing that research, I came across channeling and I didn't really know what it was. I didn't know anybody who did it. I just knew within myself that it was something that I was supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so I got a couple of books and there wasn't a lot out there at that time. There was the Seth material. I think uh, Barbara Marciniak might have had her first book out, Sinea Roman, but there really wasn't a whole lot. And so I started doing some of the exercises in the books and I was trying to channel verbally and I would have physical experiences like I would tingle and my eyes would flutter, but I couldn't get the words out. And at the time, I was also doing a lot of work on myself and I was studying meditation. And so I would sit down to practice, but I just couldn't have that breakthrough. It wasn't happening. And probably about Honestly, I don't even know. Nine months to a year, somewhere in that that time frame, I sat down one day and I knew I was supposed to have pen and paper. And it's at that point I started doing automatic writing. And mm-hmm. I had a lot of different guides come in. I worked with angelics. I worked with beings from different star systems. And again, probably about nine months or so, the Pleiadian Collective came in and they're the group that I work with primarily when I work with the public, but they were waiting for me to channel verbally before they came in. And it was around that time that I was hearing everything well in advance of writing it. And they were like, you need to put the pen down. (laughs) It's time. So it just took me a while to kind of acclimate to the process itself before I could allow everything just to flow through. Let me, before you continue, when you know it's a Pleiadian they're telling you where the Palladians? I mean, how do you know that? Well, I always say it's like, how do you know anybody is who they say they are? Right. You know, how do I know that you are who you say you are? So I think there's an element of trust that goes along with it. How does it resonate within us? Does it resonate as truth? And that's something that my guides have also kind of taught me as as we've gone over the years. It's It's really important for me to trust in myself. And if something doesn't resonate with me, then you know, um, let it go. You know, I can, I, I learned early on as I was practicing and I was working with some friends when the energy does shift. If, if I'm not holding resonance and other beings start coming in, the energy shifts and it doesn't feel great. It's some of these lower beings and you learn that through experience. It's just like meeting somebody on the street and they're not necessarily the person that you want to hang with. You know, they're not somebody that you feel a deep connection. And you might even notice that you have a sense of, oh, it's not safe to really connect with this person. And so it's the same interdimensionally. We just have to learn to trust our own intuition. So you meet the Palladians and you start having this relationship with them. And you talk about their personality because they're 9D, they're nine dimensional. There's no form. They're just tone and sound. They're beings of light. And they work with tone and sound. So that's why when people hear me channel the Pleiadians, they sound different than some of the other beings that I work with. And also their dialect is different than my own because they actually will modulate the frequency. They'll, they'll help me to modulate frequency because in addition to hearing the words, you're also receiving subtle energy frequencies from them. And the tone and sound is another way of delivering that. So they were waiting for me to channel verbally until I was ready so that they could they could start working with me in that way. And why did they pick you? Were you part of that stellar family? I yes. mean, I know you are, right? Yes. So there is a 
aspect of me that is part of that collective of 2,500 beings of light. So I contracted with them to come down once I was incarnated into this body to work with them and to bring some of this information through. And have you seen your past life as part of that group? You know, I, I, to be honest, you know, you're the first person to ask me that. You know, I haven't looked into it that much. I've looked into some of my other past lives and they tend to be ones that are physical incarnations, not so right. much the light incarnations where they're different dimensions. So there are different constructs to the game and there's a whole other level of perspective that you have at that level. So it's so vastly different. I haven't looked at a lot of those lifetimes in the higher dimensional ranges. I tend to focus on the ones that are more maybe fourth or fifth dimensional. Right. And so in those sessions, is it are you always like a healer or some type of channel? No. No. Yeah. Sometimes they're really ordinary lives. Um, sometimes they're lifetimes where I've maybe done some unsavory things or been the victim of some unsavory behavior. But it generally is a lifetime where that frequency, whatever it is, is something that I'm going through in this lifetime now. So that's typically what happens when we start to see past lives. It's a mirror for something that's going on here and now. It's either something that we're trying to work through or a skill, gift, or ability that we're trying to bring into this lifetime that we're trying to remember and and reactivate. Oh, I've never heard that. I love that because... I've done that before where I've gone back, but it's all, I have two children and I'm, I have a class where I teach children and I love teaching children. I mean, I could do that from the minute I wake up. It's just a passion. But in all my lives, I was that, that I saw in that, but I have so many. I just have only shined that light on those because that's what I'm working on now. That's what you mean? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So the things that we're working on. So there were lifetimes of persecution that I was looking at. And I was seeing and having to work on persecution here and now. And sometimes it might be to an extreme in that lifetime. And the way that it shows up here is not nearly that extreme. So it it doesn't look exactly the same on the surface, but the underlying frequency is the same. And so sometimes when we look at those other lifetimes, it helps us to see what's going on here and now in a slightly different way, have a new perspective of it so that we can let go of our judgments so that we can heal those issues. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you. That was amazing. So you go through this process, you have this uh, moment where you meet your this group of Palladians, 2,500 beings or mm-hmm. light beings. And then what? I practiced really for myself. I asked questions and there were very ordinary questions. You know, I was in my early mid twenties at that point. And it was, you know, what do I do with my job? What do I do with, you know, my love life? What do I do with this, that or the other? Just really plain, very base questions at that time. And my guides would kind of help to support me and help me to kind of learn how to trust my intuition And I had a couple friends that I met and we would work, we would get together and channel. And it was such an amazing time. Nora Harold was one of them. Some people might know Nora. She's an amazing channel and we just play. For us, it was play. And it was great because there were three of us. One person could ask the questions, another could channel and the odd guy out got to kind of check in and get confirmation that what they were hearing was accurate. They'd hear it 
at the same time the other person was channeling. So it was a great place for me to practice in a safe space and and learn and grow very, very quickly. And then, you know, as it went along, I was trying to decide if I wanted to do that full time or if I wanted to kind of expand doing it for the public because I would do it for friends and and family members and people would start to come for readings. And then I decided I would go ahead and give it a go. So I, I think as a formal career, that was back in 2004 when I finally decided wow. to do that. In 2020 is when I started this podcast. And, you know, I've always been one to learn in my whole like 20s, where's all like the bookstores, the seminars and all that, right? Always wanting to learn. And I know as soon as, because I started having children in 2006. So that was my focus. And I still read a little bit, but I was deep involved in being a mom. Well, all this, as I'm learning, as all this, this 2011, 2012 come in and, you know, I'm still as a mom, I haven't really come out of the dark yet. And all this stuff is coming, going on when you, like, even when I hear podcasts where you're talking that it's been, it was back in 2017, you started saying, get ready people the next few years. I bet when we get to 2022, there's a lot of move. There's some big thing, but it was so fascinating when I hear you talk, because there's a lot of videos back in the day when you talk. So it's, you know, we haven't got to the pandemic yet. We haven't got to this, what the earth's grand what are we doing? Our experiment now? <laughs> yes. So we're, we are a grand experiment. That's how the guides kind of describe this. So we have genetic material from thousands of worlds. And the point of the game was to see if we could go into density as divine beings of light who have access to everything and to see if we could come out of it. Because once you incarnate, you kind of partition off all that knowledge, all that wisdom, and when we operate under the illusion of separation. So can we learn how to be one with all that is again? And so it's much easier to do when you've got a wide range of emotions. And the way that we get that is through genetic material. So along with all the genetic material from these thousands of worlds is the emotional experience that these beings have had. So we have access to all of that. So it's like having 10,000 Legos to work with. And what can you build with 10,000 Legos as opposed to 100? So Hmm. there's a lot more that we can do and, and that we can explore. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're here trying to do. And, very early on, the Pleiadians would talk about big picture stuff. They'd talk about what's happening in different parts of the galaxy, different star systems. And then over the years, it kind of came back more to the process of manifestation and really looking at our personal lives and and what we need to do internally. So when I asked them about that, they said, you know, at the beginning in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, the aughts, it was about opening up to something bigger. And then once we were open and we had that awareness, then we needed to come back and start looking at our own lives and because that's where all our power is. And so really for the better part of the last 10 years, they've spent a lot of time talking about the process of manifestation. But if I look back at the entire journey, their message has been the same for the whole time. If I go back and listen to some of the older recordings, um, it's it's kind of amazing. It, it could have been last week. Right. Oh, that's interesting. But it is about manifestation and getting to the feeling place. And they always talk about being compa- having compassion. And the, the thing that I understood was 
because we are in this 3D world, we know how to suffer anxiety, all the, this low vibrational, high, lower frequency emotions. So if we can learn the compassion, that's the, the frequency. Explain that. Cause that was cool to hear that way of explaining it. Yeah. So it's, it's really about non-judgment. So the process of integration is what allows us to increase in frequency. Integration is releasing judgment. So we live in a dualistic universe. Everything has its polar opposites. So we've got light, dark, male, female, positive, negative, and both polarities are part of source energy. So the moment we set up judgment, that something is better than or less than, we want to make ourselves separate from that thing that we don't like. Right. And in essence, what we're doing is trying to create separation between source energy, between ourselves and source energy, which is impossible to do. It's an illusion. And we cut off half of source energy. So what the guides teach is learning how to release that judgment. And one of the ways that you do that is through compassion, gratitude, appreciation. So as we can hold those resonances, as opposed to the programs of lack, limitation, and separation, the resonance of fear, then we're living up in a higher frequency state. And the higher we go, we get closer to 5D reality. And eventually, as we sustain that, we cross the dimensional barrier and we start playing in a new game, a new construct. Right. And that we can do that right now. Right now, the way they describe it, 3D has very fixed rules to the paradigm, to the game. And then 5D has very fixed rules. And because they're so different, they say we needed an entire dimensional range to transit through that, to make that shift. So 4D is a very malleable dimension where you can um, project either 3D or 5D rules onto the matrix. So at any given time, depending on where your consciousness is, you can operate under the illusion of 3D. Even though we're not in 3D, we operate as if we are. We project that into the fourth dimensional range where we are, or we can project the fifth dimensional perspective on. The challenge is that we, we don't stay there. So we can go up there, but then we fall out pretty quickly. So we can access that fifth dimensional level of consciousness but the problem is we can't sustain it. Right. And that takes practice and repetition. And that's kind of what we're working on now. We're working on our mastery. Right. So you had explained, and I think it was tuning in. I was watching that documentary, which I absolutely loved and sent that to every friend. I <laughs> I just was like, see you again. Where have you been all my life? Even your website is higher frequencies. Everything is on that. Your Instagram, everything about you. That would be the words I would use. Besides, I mean, other ones, but... You talk about as you're on a building and you've raised your vibration and say you're at the top floor, you throw, you can have anything, throw that boomerang out and you're waiting for it to come back because we have, we can't expect it to look the way we want it to look, what we want to manifest. Say it's a relationship and you pictured this guy that was coming back and it's not, they have their own idea of this man, but you've lowered your vibe. You've gone down the floors of this building. And the boomerang came back and you weren't there to receive it. Right. So that's kind of their example of how we manifest. So we're constantly pulsing out frequency, either at the subconscious or, or hopefully at the conscious level, we're directing the energy flow. And in order to perceive what is being reflected back to us, we have to be in a a vibrational match with it. 
We have to be in resonance with it. So most of what we want to create is of a very high vibrational nature. And so we'll put ourselves in alignment with that, but we can't sustain it because then we start to doubt and worry. Is it going to show up? It's taking too long. (laughs) This should have showed up already. I'm not deserving. I'm not lovable. And so, yes, then we drop out of resonance. We can't perceive it. It's still there. We're just out of sync with it. So when you have a practice of coming back to your heart-centered space, then you can elevate your frequency so that you can perceive it as the universe is bringing it back to you. In the process of manifestation, it's our responsibility to work with frequency. What is it that we're pulsing out and what is the frequency of what is being reflected back to us? And the universe is responsible for the form. And especially right now, the guides focus on frequency a lot. In terms of manifestation, a lot of people will talk about, oh, you've got to visualize what it is that you want and you've got to see it. But the guides say that that's very tricky, especially now. You can visualize it and that can help to emanate the frequency. But the problem with that is that we become attached to the form. And then also where we're headed, we're creating things that haven't existed before. So as we find that we're having issues in our political systems, our economic systems, educational systems, we know they're broken. We know they need to be fixed. But what we're going to build for ourselves has never been built before. So if we're looking to an old model, an old reference point, we're not going to see it for what we want to build in the new. So that's why they say we have to work with the frequency. And as we can hold and sustain the energy of what it is that we want, the universe starts to formulate, it starts to create that form. It starts to come together. The right people come together. We start to receive the ideas, the hits, the inspiration of, of what that might look like. But if we're focused on the old form, we're in the old box and it's very difficult to create. So in terms of, what it is that you want to create. There's one other thing they're telling me to to chat about, and that's about operating out of the heart center. So we basically have two operating systems that we can work with here. We can work with the operating system of the ego, and that's where all of our programs of lack, limitation, and separation exist. We have to have some way of limiting our perspective so we can play in this game, and that's the ego. Right. Or we have the operating system of the heart, which allows us access to multi-dimensional information. We can see the bigger picture. We can access more source energy when we're operating from there. So if you're in the mind, and they consider the the mind when they talk about the mind as being the ego mind. We have a high mind, which is accessed through the heart up into the higher realms, which is pure logic. But most of us, in terms of thinking about the mind, it's the ego programs. What do we need in order to feel safe, to feel loved, to feel secure? And at that level, if you're up in the mind, you cannot access higher dimensional information because it filters all of that out so that we can play in the game. And the fastest way to get into the heart center is simply to think of something that makes you smile. It's easy. The challenge is staying there. Right. Oh, I love that. We all chose this time to be in this body. We all, you chose to come. I did. 7.6 billion people are here on this earth. Are they part of this, this ascension? Did they sign up? Do you look at it that way? Like you came because you were going to be this powerful something, powerful. (laughs) 
human. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I perceive myself that way, but um, <laughs> thank you. Um, I, when I check in, they're like, yes, this is the time that you wanted to be here because this is unique. You know, we kind of get to tie a lot of things up all those lifetimes that we weren't able to go through the ascension process or we weren't able to work things out. This is the time because as we move through the sector of space, we also have access to a lot more photonic energy, light particles, and light particles also mean information. So we have access to higher vibrational energy, which makes this process of integration easier than if, say, we were at an individual level, trying to go through the process of ascension 500 years ago. It would have been harder for us to find that frequency, to sustain that frequency. But it's as if we're being bathed in it right now as we move through the sector of space, and it actually makes it much, much easier for us because this is what this time is meant to be. The guides will describe it like almost like a track where you have a start and finish line, except for it's not flat. We actually do spiral up. But it's on the same plane. So when we start a new cycle, we have just come through this sector of space, which has all of this photonic energy, which allows us to clean up what's left from the last cycle as we move into the new one. And that's that's really where we're at in terms of a grand cycle that we're moving through. Huh. So you explain time. I usually ask that question because I'm very fascinated by it. And the way you describe it really, really might it be the best one I've understood. <laughs> but you describe it as a sphere and these now little moments. Explain that. Yeah, they're helps. very specific about the imagery with this. So think about a giant sphere. And on the surface of that sphere are an infinite number of dots. Now, they always show a dot with a triangle underneath it and a little triangle inside. Hmm. So that dot is the now moment. And then in the triangle, you have the frequency that your reality is based upon. And that is at the collective level. That's the big triangle. So what are you agreeing to in terms of the collective, the things that have happened as our past? So we had World War One, we had World War Two. This is going on right now in you know our current systems. All of that story, that frequency is what we base this moment on. And then our personal story, which is the little triangle. And it's what you cling to in terms of what you think happened in your past. And, you know, we know this at this point that our memories are quite faulty. So that if we will take a version of the story with us, and that's what we'll say happened to us who we are, you know, how we define ourselves. So that's the frequency that your now moment is built on. Now, most of us, as we go through our day and move moment to moment, don't change that story very much. Don't We don't shift our perspective very much. But the frequencies, say, on the other side of the sphere are based on something that is vastly different. And what occasionally will happen for some people is that they will radically shift their perspective of self and they will put themselves on another side of the sphere. Now, our bodies are generated out of the subtle energy body. It's the template for our physical structure. So when they move, when somebody moves to a different point on the sphere that the vibration of it is vastly different, their body can go through radical shifts very quickly. And this is what we generally say is a miracle people who have uh, radical healings very, very quickly. They've shifted the base frequency that they're perceiving reality from. 
So we don't really have a timeline. It's not like there's, there's a solid timeline. We go from moment to moment to moment to moment and we string them together in our perspective. And we think that that is a timeline. The guides say that oftentimes people will refer to timelines because it is so confusing for us when we think about the past, the present and future all being one. Right. Anything that could be is and will be. I don't think I said that right, but anything that was, (laughs) is, and will be exists on this giant sphere. It's just, are we enlivening that moment with our consciousness? So every decision to the left or the right, we enliven that decision, that now moment with our consciousness. We project our consciousness into that now moment. But all those things exist. And that's a lot for us to kind of take in and, and really comprehend because we're so ingrained in the notion of time. Right. Time is really just a marker for frequency. It tells us where to find a now moment. Hmm. And as we get up into the higher vibrational ranges, we get closer to no time. And as we do that, time seems to accelerate from our perspective, our vantage point. So, you know, they used to say this 25 years ago and we think, well, what would that be like if time accelerated? Um, for those who are a little older, you know how much time and space you had. You know, was, I can remember having to be home for somebody to reach me on the cell right? phone. Yeah. And, oh, oh, I'm 53. On the other I'm, end. Yeah. yeah, I'm like right there. I yeah. tell the girls that all the time. I'm like, we had to get home to answer the phone. We didn't have anything. We were gone all day. Our parents did just said, come home by dark. Yeah. Yeah. Be home for dinner. Yeah. So it was just a different time and time felt slower and it felt like there was more space for things. And now everything is its so harried and we feel like there's not enough time. Like, you know, we get up and it's time to go to bed again. And that's how they used to describe it. And I thought, well, what in the world is that going to oh, feel like? Well, now huh. I know. So, so it is a different thing. I mean, it's not just as I get older, my life just seems to, you know, every year my birthday comes quicker. It's not that. It is a global. Yeah, it's a perspective thing. And that has to do with frequency. And eventually we'll step out of time, the illusion of time. They say time is a construct of this dimension. In other dimensions, we know that it's a marker for experiences and we can move our consciousness wherever we want it. In the higher realms, they can move to any point. When they're with us, they say they're always with us because from their vantage point, it's always the now moment. And it doesn't matter which now moment, it's always their now moment. So to us, it might be days since we've connected with them, but to them, it's the next now moment. Right. So they've stepped out of time. But yeah, it gets a little tricky when we start talking about it in timelines, because I think for some people, they're afraid that we're on this timeline or there might be two errors that are going to split and people are going to (laughs) disappear. And they say it doesn't really work that way. (laughs) <laughs> that was the best. I really, I'm going to listen to this because I, you're making me understand it so much better. Thank you for that. When you say in one of the interviews, you said in the next three years, we're, we're going to meet our, each person is going to be meeting their stellar family. I actually, I think that is true. I think people are starting to connect more and more with their own guides. People are, are certainly more open to accessing higher frequencies. They're opening up to their intuition. They may not know that. Right. 
their stellar family. I do think also that in a physical way, over the next several years, we're going to start to have more of that interaction. The guides have talked about it a bit in that there are beings who have kind of given an ultimatum. You either get people ready or we're just going to show up. So there have been different factions, different physical beings, ETs, who have been kind of controlling and manipulating things. And then there are beings who who have been kind of observing because they don't want to interfere. And honestly, most of the more beneficial or or beneficent beings, they don't want to interfere. And so they're allowing things to play out until we learn enough. Sometimes, you know, it's like with a child, you can't do it for them. They have to learn on their own. And so that's kind of their perspective. And that's why they're not interfering and stopping some of the things that are going on because it doesn't really serve us in the long run. So there is a point at which they will start showing up. And so I think that's probably going to be around 2026. They're going to show up in what way? The way you've... In a physical way. Oh, in a physical way. Yeah. We're talking about physicals here. But in the interim, I think more and more people are connecting with their guides telepathically, they're channeling. If I look at, at how many people channeled uh, I when I started, it was it was a very rare thing. There are a handful of people who did it. Today, it's crazy. It's one, it's much, much easier for us to channel because the overall frequency, the base at where we're starting is higher. So it's not as big a stretch as it was 20, 30 years ago. Right. So I think people are opening up more. It's more mainstream to connect with your intuition. Right, Um, totally. So yeah, I think we're connecting more and more with our stellar family for sure. You also talk about like they're there to protect you and also let you learn the, like you say, like the hard things. But like if there was a nuclear war, they would stop that because that would interfere with the whole universe. And that's, they would figure out a way, even if there was a bomb, they would find a way to just, like make that not work. Yes. So they've said that's the one thing that they will do because this is such an important game. This is a a melting pot and of all that genetic material. And so as we learn and we go through this process of integration, that information is sent off to that genetic line. And so it has a massive ripple effect through the entire universe. So to completely destroy this game, that's not allowed. And so that is the one thing that they said that they will not allow. There are certain things that they mentioned CERN, that CERN did not work exactly the way that they wanted because it would be destructive. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so there were limitations that were placed on that of what could transpire and work with that. But yeah, that's the one place that they actually would interfere. Were they giving you before the pandemic, like were they were the Palladians, were your guides telling you like, here we go, there's going to be a all-encompassing worldwide? No, you know what? I don't ask many future questions in some ways just because it doesn't necessarily serve me. Um, right, I get that. It's more important for me just to be very, very present. So I got to a point where I stopped asking for predictions and what's coming down the line. Or if I would get it, I would. they would give me kind of a general overview and the things that, at this point, they talk about the energies, the things that we all need to work on. Like right now is really working on peace and calm because there's so much anxiety 
that's kind of oozing out of everyone. Some people are snapping and you're out on the street and somebody's lost their stuff and it's just screaming. Mm-hmm. And it's really about learning to hold that and to kind of develop that reservoir within yourself that you've got that, that a pool of that energy to call on, that frequency to pull from. And if we're not taking the time to kind of fill that, if we're kind of constantly using it and burning through it, then we're going to be very short-tempered and we're just going to respond instead of being able to kind of step back for a moment and observe what's going on and show up in a different way and show up in a space of compassion. So for instance, we'll say a lot of people are going to be triggered in this way and they need to work with this energy or that energy. And that's a lot of what I do with, with like our monthly membership and things like that. We look at the, the coming energies and what do we need for the next 30 days? Right. Is that what you do with your, like if someone was coming to get a reading, are they getting a reading for their energy? Like you're not predicting their future. What are you doing? Yeah, I don't do privates anymore, but I did them for years. And when I did, a lot of times, occasionally they might say something's coming here. There's an opportunity coming, but usually it's, what do you want? And, you know, as crazy as it sounds, a lot of people haven't taken the time to even think about that. Right. What is it that you want? And then what's keeping you from that? And they would say, all right, here's some of what we're seeing in your field. Here's some of the energy that you're holding, whether it's I'm not lovable, I'm not deserving, I can't trust myself or I can't trust other people. And so they would work with people on those things. By clearing their limiting beliefs? Yeah, to see how creating that situation in the past served them, what they learn from the experience, what the takeaway is. Because when you look at a situation and you can see how it served you, you actually will release your judgment surrounding it. You put yourself back in your power because typically it's when we're feeling like we're a victim that we hold judgment. Right. And when we can put ourselves in our power to see, oh, okay, well, that showed me that I haven't been using my voice and it's an opportunity now for me to speak my truth, to use my voice. And so you'll recreate something that's similar now and, and you can say, okay, well, I know what this is like in the past. And I learned from that. So now in this moment, you know what? I'm going to speak up. So that's a lot of what they would do, kind of help you to shift your perspective to see that, to see how you benefited from it. Because every moment is an opportunity for us to see how we are expressing or suppressing our divine light. And if we're suppressing it, do you want to keep suppressing it? How's that feel? Do we need to make a course correction? And when you look back, you can see that and then you can make new choices in the moment. Right. So I'm thinking of like the 5D and like living with compassion and having that awareness with the non-judgment and always like your frequencies are on the high side. Well, there's those people that you say are in the streets yelling and they're just the victim's anxiety. What is that? I know 3D will always be here or are we all coming at this grand, like this movement of all of our energies are, and the 3D is going to be diminishing and we're moving toward that 5D? Well, we're moving towards it. Some right. people will choose not to move forward with it. Some people will go through a death cycle. So, and then reincarnate wherever they need to in order to have the experience and density that they want at the soul level. So when we're 
the witness to some of that crazy energy. Again, as we were talking about before, what is it? Am, am I meant to give or receive in this moment? Why am I perceiving this here and now? Am I carrying some of that energy that I'm seeing outside of me in me? And sometimes, you know, on a scale of one to 10, that person might be at the 10. They may be at the extreme, but maybe for you, it's very subtle. Maybe it's a one or a two, and it's an opportunity for you to perceive that. And okay, well, it's not big. It's not in my face right now, but I know that it needs to be healed. It needs to be integrated. And I can see that. Or it may be a case of you're showing up in that moment to hold a higher resonance, to remind that other person. And and sometimes you don't even have to say a word. It's just you being present yes. to hold a resonance. So they can be reminded that they are more than those limiting programs. The guides always say it's a bit like somebody asking you to sing a note. If you don't have perfect pitch, it's really hard to find that C or that B flat. But if somebody plays the note on the piano, it's it's much easier for you to sing it. Right. And it's the same thing with people who show up in a higher resonance or, you know, even in a lower resonance, depends on whether we're able to hold our own. We can match it in a much easier way when we've got a reference point. So, you know, it's it's not that you have to go out and actively change somebody else. It's about you showing up to be a reminder of what's possible for other yeah, people. I love that. I always tell the, my girls, be the thermostat, you know, be the ones where they have to raise to your level. You know, don't ever be the one down here. And, you know, like it's a lot harder to get to there. But if you can start there, yeah, we work on the, our tools and I'm starting the day with that high frequency. And then everyone will rise to you. Yeah. It'll just be this natural. They'll want what you have. They'll be like, what does she have on the top floor? You know, like, yeah. Yeah, because we've all entered into a room and there's that person who's just vibe, who's vibrant and is so much fun to be around. It's because they're holding that higher resonance and, and right. reminded of that. And we kind of light up. And there are times where we walk into a room and we're like, what's going on here? Totally. You know, it doesn't feel good. So it's, we all read that energy. It happens at the subconscious level. We know. And now we're just trying to shift that to a conscious way of reading that energy so that we're aware of it all the time. Can we do, we have like 10 minutes left. Can we have you channel the peas? Sure. And then do we want to explain this, the sound activation, the light sound activation beforehand? Sure. So, Because I would love for you to end with that. <laughs> sure. I have to throw that in because I just want, my husband asked me before we, who, who are you interviewing? I said, oh my gosh, you're going to just love it. I can't wait for you to listen to it. And I said, I, I hope she does her light sound activation because that'll be a treat. Yes. So what we're going to do is a language of light activation. And the language of light is source's language. There are different dialects of it. So you you may hear people who sound vastly different. It's a bit like somebody speaking English in Ireland or in the UK, as opposed to the deep South in the US. It sounds different, but we we understand it. And the language of light is comprised of light, sound, sacred geometry, and then cosmic information. So there, there are different frequencies that are blended together. And the beautiful thing about the language of light is that it bypasses the language centers of the brain, and it speaks directly to you, the divine being of light, having this physical experience. So just like I was saying before, when 
somebody plays that note on the piano, you can find the frequency. When you're exposed to the language of light, it's a reminder for you of higher resonances and you can make shifts in your own energetic field to match it. So that's how it works. The guides describe it as a piece of spiritual technology. And while it sounds pretty innocuous, it's actually pretty potent. People have all kinds of shifts from it. Some people will feel a lot, some people not so much. And even if they listen to the same recording, the same activation, they might have different experiences with it every single time they come to it, depending on where they're starting, where their own resonance is and what they need to ship within their field. So yeah, that's how the language of light works. And then with the guides, as I said, um, the Pleiadian Collective will come in first and foremost When we get to the activation, there are other galactic beings who will lend their energy. So you might notice that it will shift just a little bit. And as I said, it's comprised of cosmic information as well. So when it's spoken, the experiences of these beings, it's infused into the information. So some of these beings are showing up because their society, their civilization may have worked through the very issues, the frequencies that we're trying to integrate right now. And that gets encoded into the energy. It's like somebody giving you a recipe. If you don't know how to bake a cake, uh, it's, oh. it's a hot mess the first time if you don't have a recipe. And if somebody gives it to you, it's much easier to achieve that cake, to make a cake that's edible. So it's the same thing as these beings start showing up. And many times... There are lots of beings who blend their energy. So I can't say, oh, now the beings from Orion are showing up or Lyra or Arcturus because there are often many, many beings who show up. But the Pleiadians tend to be the gatekeepers for it all. Huh. All right. When you started doing, what do you call it? The light? Yes, yeah, so I do I, the spoken form. And then also I have a written form and that's the galactic light code. So it, yes. it would okay. be like somebody reading a book aloud or seeing the words on a page. And I actually started writing in the language of light very early on before the Pleiadians came in. I worked with Arcturans and I would see these symbols and I would draw different symbols. And when the Pleiadians came, that kind of went to the wayside. And then probably about, I think it was 2014, 2015, the guide said, it's time to work with it again and bring it out So it's a major part of the work that I do now as we work with the language of light and the galactic light codes. Right. You know, I mean, listening to you do that, it's like, it's going to be, it's not something that you would hear all the time, but how does that come from? How did you learn how to do that? You just let it come through you and it just comes through you? Yeah. It's not a learning so much as an allowing and allowing that to come through. And it depends on who comes through. I mean, sometimes I can feel that in order to express that frequency, it requires a different position of my mouth or my jaw and using muscles in a different way. That happened with me with the Pleiadians. When I started to channel them, there was a period where when they work with me, the vowels, and a lot of it has to do with the vowels and the elongation of the vowels and and the modification of the frequency through the vowels. So I, in order to produce it, it sounded far more Australian and it was using different muscles that I had never used before. And I was like, oh, we need to dial this back a bit because uh, my jaw hurts. Um, So there's a lot that happens when I channel. So, you know, you, if you are listening to this, you're also receiving an energetic download, basically. And it's a healing. Yes. Yes. Because when I was listening to it this morning, 
I was in the car sitting there with my eyes closed and I was like, I got done and I felt this totally different vibration in my body, almost like a clarity. I don't know how to explain it, but it was like this clarity of my, like I cleared my head. (laughs) Mm, That's great. Uh, Well, What is healing? Healing is about seeing yourself whole and one with all it is. And that's what their messages help you to do. That's what the language of light, the galactic light codes, all of those things are helping us to shift our perspective, to see ourselves as whole and complete and one with everything. Right. I love that. And I love how you talk about healing and, you know, it's all within. It's not people search for outward fixes and it's all inside. And, you know, something about having fun, that was something that you're saying, just have fun. That'll heal you, you know? You know, you don't realize that energy, your vibration is a key element in healing. Yeah, it's it's a major element in healing. Yeah. And today, you know, we're so stressed out, especially in the Western world. We're, we're so consumed with the stress. Everything's got to be done in a particular way, in a particular time in order to be loved, accepted, abundant, you know, fill in the blank. And we often don't take that time to slow down, to reconnect, to get ourselves out in nature. And it's a big deal. And we're having to relearn that. We're having to go back to the basics. And, you know, we're talking about things we did 25 years ago (laughs) at a slower pace. I'm so grateful I am the age that I am right now because I feel like I've gotten to kind of the best of both worlds worlds here. Right that I remember what it was like to have things at a slower pace and things were far more relaxed. People didn't worry about things in the same way that we worry about them today. Right. I agree. I'm so glad. I always told my daughters like, oh, I just loved my childhood. You know, just such a difference without the phones and the social media and this pressure that's just different, whole different ballgame. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like you were saying... (laughs) I would disappear. My mom would be like, be home for dinner. Yeah. Um, there was no worry. I No. Yeah. It was certainly a different time. Yeah. All right. All right. So I will ask a couple of questions. I mean, sure. is that okay? And then we'll just do the sound. Yes. Yes. So uh, let me bring the guides in and we'll see where we go. Okay. Ah, yes. Hello, dears. This is the Ninth Dimensional Pleiadian Collective, and it is a pleasure and an honor to have the opportunity to connect with you. So um, first, we want to just acknowledge all of you. We also want to acknowledge your guides, and, and that is the big message that we want to bring through today, is a reminder that all of you have guides with you all the time. It's just a matter of whether you are in your heart-centered space to receive their messages, their insights, their wisdom. So we would encourage you as you go here to spend more time reconnecting with your heart. And if there's any place in your life that you feel like you are struggling, ask questions that are connected to that area, that challenge that you're having. Guides, I could use some insights of of whether to choose A or B. Is there something that I need to know or do to help me move through this energy to gain clarity on the situation. And then open yourself up to see what pops into your mind. It might feel like your imagination at the beginning, but as you start to work more with subtle energy, you will notice that as you are in your heart-centered space and you are receiving information, it does feel different. There is a sense of certainty that you have as you connect with your guides with the higher realms. 
And what will happen is you'll get the information and you'll be very clear about it. And then you'll go back to the ego mind and you'll start to try to pull it apart and make sense of it. And then you lose that sensation. You'll start to doubt. You'll start to wonder. But as you practice and you keep coming back to this frequency, you'll say, oh, this energy, I remember it. And the last time I followed it, I was very clear about it and it came to pass. Things flowed. It was very helpful, but that comes over time and with practice. To get into that heart-centered space, simply think of something that makes you smile. All right, that's the easiest way to do it. Meditation can be helpful, but it has its other purposes. So really just simply coming back to the heart by thinking of that thing that makes you smile. And when you have the right image, most of you will describe it as feeling expanded, uplifted. Uh, You might tingle with new energy as it comes into your energetic field into the body, you might even notice that you have a smile on your face. All right. So that's just the one thing that we wanted to point out, that your guides are always with you. So take advantage of them, start asking them more questions and listen for the answers. Oh, thank you. All right. So what would you like to know about? We were Wendy and I were just talking about the children coming into the world right now and if their vibration and their frequency is high how heightened that is and how much easier it is going to be for them to can you explain to us what the children these days are doing and coming in as um well it's a bit of a mixed bag for kids um in some ways yes it's easier children are always open and connected especially for the first seven years of life they have access to a lot more and many parents are far more aware and open to multidimensional reality. And so those children, it seems normal to them. You know, when they meet their quote unquote imaginary friends, their parents don't necessarily poo-poo that. They ask more questions. Many parents are curious and ask about the friends or um, some children will come in with memories of other lifetimes and, and parents can support that energy, that remembrance through acknowledgement as opposed to telling the child that they're just silly and crazy. But children are also struggling because as a society, specifically in the West, there is a lot of sense of disconnection, a lot of stress and fear that they are picking up from the adults. And so children are having a more anxious lifestyle. They're bombarded by the stresses. So it can be very difficult for a lot of children unless they are taught practices in how to hold their own resonance. You can teach children very easily how to go back to the heart center, how to hold their resonance, and to know that just because someone else is feeling a particular way that they don't have to feel that way either. They can choose a different resonance. That can be very, very helpful for children. But children love working with the language of light. Even pets like to work with the language of light. They're drawn to it. So if you're listening to it, the activation that we do here in a moment, you might notice that your pets perk up and come and sit by you. That happens quite a bit. But, you know, children are also going through a rapid process of development. And each soul that came in, they knew exactly when they wanted to come in to have exactly the kind of experience that they wanted to have for both their greatest soul growth, but also to be of the greatest service. So it's an interesting time that you're living in. And there's a lot of growth, a lot of shifting that's going to happen over the next several years. Thank you. Let's do a um, light language of light. So we'd like to do an activation that's going to help you to work with calm, peace, grounding, centering, just to really help your nervous system 
relax. So a lot of you are spending time in the sympathetic nervous system, your fight or flight aspect of your autonomic nervous system. And we want to help you back into the parasympathetic, which is where your body is going into rest and repair. The sympathetic was meant to help you through a short period of stress. You know, if you were in immediate danger, but you've, you've shifted so that you are staying in that longer and longer, and that's creating disease in the body. So we want to help you come back to that sense of peace and calm. Now, with the language of light activation that we're going to do, we might recommend that you come back to it and work with it three times a day for three days in a row. That will help you to begin to recognize the subtle energy as you experience it in your life. And sometimes you'll notice when it's not present, when that higher resonance, that calm, that peace is not present and you want to come back to it. But that only happens as you start to work with it again and again and again. Now, if you can't come back and listen to the recording, you can actually imagine listening to it again in your mind's eye because the moment that you experience it as part of your physical reality, it is recorded in your energetic field and you can access the recording in your energetic field. You don't always give credence to that because the things that you hear and feel, you think, oh, well, that's real. All right. My imagination, not so sure. But in truth, it is there in your field and you can touch on it. You can activate it again. All right. So relax. There's nothing that you need to know or do here. And we'll, we'll see where we go. Take a nice deep breath. Indo do we menabedu do we rara manuerejete do we namaraju do we menaile luere bedju do do we mene isa ajuda dele bedju do do we medakata hazadu in monuereje ida rara la menabedu de de rana de de barra bedju teta isa jutta kata re bedju kata bari izon do we manuereja ja amra ala ala monuereje kata hasa ore mere bedju bedju kata bedju we beber ele bedju bedju kata de de bedju kata de de bedju kata de de bedju kata tata arra bedju kata hasa andui Feel free to connect with us directly. You don't need Wendy. And until we hear from you, we are around. We are watching. We are waiting. And we are sending many, many well wishes. Wow. So there you have the bees. I just feel like I got the biggest gift (laughs) from you. Thank you. Ah, it's my pleasure. Gosh. Do, Do you remember? Do you have that feeling? Yeah, it's it, it's a lucid dream for me, so I remember it. And then as as we go here through the day, most of it'll fade unless it's really specific information that I, I meant to hold on to, things that I really needed to know for me. 
But yeah, most of it fades quickly. Yeah, that just the tone, even the second time when it went higher, you know, it's like a, gosh, <laughs> I don't know how to, I can't, I, you couldn't explain it to someone, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those things that really has to be experienced. For sure. Yeah. Who else does that? Do Does any other channels do what you do? Yeah, there are a lot of, a lot of channels. Judy Satori is amazing uh, with the language of light. And, oh, I'm blanking on her name. Is it Jamie Ford? I think I can't remember. Huh. I don't stay up on a lot of channeled materials just because I don't, I don't access other people's work a lot. It was right. important early on for me to feel like I was getting stuff through me and not feeling influenced by the world around me. And now it's just, I'd rather just go and get it and, right. and have it quick. So I don't know a lot of channels and people who do the language of light, but I do know that there are a lot more people who are doing it. Do you, is it going to become more and more? Do you feel like when we keep moving on to this expansion that we're on? I think this grand so. experiment. <laughs> I think people start to tap into that energy and the remembrance of working with that energy. And so they start speaking, speaking the language of light naturally. They, and sometimes it's just, something that they do for themselves to soothe themselves. I can see that. Interesting. And when you say I go right to the source, like when you get your, do you read books? Are you like, do you, are you just self learning? I did at the beginning. I I read some books, but not a lot. And the Pleiadians have really taught me a lot. It's very interesting. Now, as I learn more, you know, occasionally I will, I will look at some of the science. I'll look at, you know, some other researchers, things that are a bit more science-based or research-based. And what the Pleiadians have taught me over the years is what's now showing up, things that were in ancient texts 6,000 years ago, things like that, um, which I didn't really study. But now as I kind of expose myself a little more bits and pieces here and there, it's a lot of the same information, but I don't, I don't really research and go into a lot of a lot of deep research for that very reason that I kind of wanted to keep it a pure pure connection. Yeah, I love that. And you feel it. You're like this. I mean, I'm so so grateful. Thank you for being here. Higherfrequencies.net. Instagram. All of it is higher frequencies. H G R F R E Q U E N C I E S. Right. On Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, it's all the same. Okay. And so I learned a lot scrolling down your Instagram. And, you know, it's just this, even just looking at the pictures is the light codes, right? That's what I'm looking at those. Most of those are just, they're just kind of stock footage that images that we use that have this, that frequency, yeah. that expansive huh. frequency. But I trying to think it's been a while since we posted a galactic light code and things. We do have some of those things posted up there, the codes. Yeah. Well, I went through it, so I saw some, but yeah, so fun. Anyway, loved it. So thankful that you came and shared your magic with me and everybody. Everyone's going to be following you and doing what I did. So (laughs) watch out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, 
please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.